we're just clear channels. And once we like output the creativity with no validation tied to us, and when we try to attach our self-worth, whether it goes poorly or well onto it is when we kind of constrict it and kill it and actually like distort the pure creativity that wants to come through. Welcome to the Think Out Loud podcast. My name is George Yui. And this podcast is dedicated to those who are passionate about their personal development and are looking to create lives of passion, purpose, and peace. This podcast is called Think Out Loud because I've learned as a coach that when we think out loud, that is where insight is born. We see things more clearly, we feel things more deeply, and we move forward in life from our most authentic self. This is a Soul Fire production. Meredith, it's so good to have you on the show. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm just like sitting in so much pride that you said you wanted to do this podcast. You're doing it. It's creating ripples of magnetism to people who need to hear authentic, vulnerable truth these days. So Mm. it's a huge honor. Well, you know, you are a big part of the motivation of doing it and just hearing about your journey with more of that and just you're such you're someone who's always lit a fire under me and uh, from coach to coach and just also human to human like who's who's so passionate about supporting people in their dreams like i have always felt this like beautiful coddle of energy that comes from you when i'm talking about things i want to create in this world so it's nice to have you a part of this and co-create with me here today oh i'm so excited i know something i love about our friendship Um, That has evolved um, since we just would see each other at Shafa Yoga to here we are today is just kind of seeing each other and celebrating each other as our highest selves and helping each other get to that next version of ourselves. So I feel like it's just been this beautiful upward spiral together. Yeah. You know, I just I just got a flashback of actually when I first started practicing at Shafa and I remember seeing you in the studio and if any of you who are listening have ever just like been in a public space and go to places consistently and you see people that catch your eye and catch your interest, you're like, oh, I'd really like to get to know that person. And I don't think you and I actually exchanged names and met for probably like eight months or so. Yeah. Because very quickly you met Spencer and then you went on a whole journey, journey around the world, <laughs> a little love journey around the world. And then it wasn't until you came back and then, and then our worlds collided. And it was just this like beautiful thing that, again, if you've ever found somebody in the world that you're interested in getting in, just continuing to like hold that and set that intention and keep showing up in those places. Like it's beautiful how worlds eventually do collide and like you don't have to force it. And there's just kind of a nice, I don't know, coming together that ends up happening with people that are actually meant to be in your life. Totally. Yeah. It was just kind of like a slow burn. And then I think Maddie like officially introduced us at the beach. And then since then we've been two peas in a pod at (laughs) Yancey's classes (laughs) when I'm able to make my way to rocket yoga, (laughs) mentally prepare. Um, And our our coaching anniversaries that we celebrated because we started coaching the same month years ago. And yeah, it's, Burning Man and you helping you being an impetus for me getting tickets and getting to be part of your camp at Burning Man Mm -hmm. and bringing along Alex and Pavan and Spencer and just, yeah, shepherding us into your burner community. Mm. So, you know, the reason why I'm actually really happy that our audience and our listeners can hear this exchange happening between you and I right now 
is that if you really peel the layers back just already in what you've shared about me and what I've shared about you, there is this undertone of giving to one another, mm, yeah, of exchanging without expectation. I invited you into a Burning Man camp. You've been supporting me in my podcast. I've been supporting you in certain things. You've been supporting me in other things, community. Like there are so many people in this world that I feel struggle finding good people in their life. And and they and they struggle finding community. And they I I heard this statement this week, and there's just like there's so many sad people in LA. And that really like upsets me because I, I know that there's really good people here. And at the same time, I know that the secret to creating friendships is through giving without expectation. Right. And you and I have had this beautiful exchange and I'm just hoping that people can see that and take away from that and, and just get curious in their life of like, who's somebody that I could give something to? Right. If there's someone I'm interested in, what could I do to like support them, give to them, acknowledge them, see them, give them affirmation? Um, because that's what creates human connection. And, and, and service naturally begets service. Like when you serve me, I naturally want to just like support you or, or and vice versa, right? Right. And so it's just, you know, part of the impetus to this approach to our podcast today is, you know, Meredith, you and I have had several conversations in private. And by the end of it, we're like, fuck, we should have recorded that. <laughs> so many nuggets. So many nuggets. <laughs> it's not fair to keep them all to ourselves. Yeah. So yeah. like, this isn't a coaching session. This isn't even an interview. This is just a witnessing of what two powerful people, two creators, what a, what a conversation between the two of those people sound like together. I love it. And even just what you shared about the reciprocity piece, that's actually something I've been thinking about deeply so mm. very timely mm. um exactly what you said of kind of like becoming the person you want to be friends with becoming the community that you want to create and that's what i've tried to do in my life and then recently this last year uh with giving the the harder thing that i've started stepping into is now checking in because i have given so much and i feel so grateful to have friends that i feel really reciprocal and symbiotic with uh is who do I feel is depleting my energy? Mm. And what do I feel I'm giving to, but it's kind of like getting sucked into a black hole. And so the interesting thing is like starting by really tapping into how do I feel in this person's presence? And then can I give and can I nurture that and then see how it continues to grow? Um, and then I think this past year has been a journey of almost like um, kind of similar thing that I did with my closet and clearing it out and doing the Marie Kondo, which which items spark joy. It's like asking myself that about my life as I continue to learn what it means to protect my energy more. Mm. Um, so then I can give more to the people that do feel like a fuck yes to me mm. so that I can give more to the projects that do feel like a fuck yes to me. Mm -hmm. So that's been a present learning of mine this past year. It's something I've journaled on a lot. I, I mean, it's something I've been living in through the last four months or so in this season of winter. This has been an intense winter. I know. <laughs> and I think a lot of us can relate to that. There's been disruption, there's been loss, there's been economic shifts, there's been layoffs, there's been relationship separation, yeah. there's been death, there's been cancer. I, I heard a story of a friend who whose community, like five people all lost their dogs or had to put their dogs down wow. within the same like month. Oh my gosh. And it's just, 
it's just there's I cannot help but look at that and say we're interconnected and going through some shift, some cycle, some transition. And for me personally, I, I know that in terms of you know someone who's an empath, someone who's really sensitive, I've noticed that I'm so much less energetically available this winter than I was last winter. And I think that a lot of times I noticed in the beginning there was almost some resistance to that. Yeah. And there's kind of like one of my clients had this really powerful insight because she's an environmentalist and a, and a sustainability content creator and a producer. And her whole mission is to cool the planet down by one degree. And she was someone who's like really like pushing the envelope, like always pushing, pushing, pushing more, 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 right? Like putting so much pressure on herself. And then there was kind of this like insight about learning how to flow with nature's pace. Yeah. And I was kind of, I've been really taking that into consideration for my life and noticing where I'm resistant to, oh, it's winter. But it's like, I want to pretend like it's summer or act like it's summer. And I want to like see all my friends and do all the things. But I'm noticing there's like just no gasoline in the tank. Like my body can be a Ferrari, but there's just less gas. And, and being willing to like accept that mm -hmm. and, and be willing to ultimately learn how to say, I'm a gracious no to that invite. Yeah. Has been like really coming up for me a lot this season because I basically haven't spent time with friends in the last four months. I mean, I'm starting to now. You're like, when it's a podcast. <laughs> when it's a podcast. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Honored. The ice is starting to melt yeah. from winter. We're all reemerging. We're little seedlings. reemerging. Powerful, but delicate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it's like reemerge, come back in. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, and I think it's just, no, it's just interesting to notice, like, just to meet ourselves where we are. And as coaches, like, we're just in the reminder business constantly. Mm -hmm. And being able to remind ourselves of just, like, where am I really at in life right now? Like, I was, something that I, I was going to share with you is, like, you know, I've been, I've had a couple situationships in the last four months. Yes. Uh, I, I got on dating apps recently, which is, like, a weird thing for me right because like, i've kind of always had this story that like oh my person is not on dating apps but though i met spencer on hinge just yeah, takes one it just takes one and 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 there was kind of this like you know what i'm gonna cut that limiting belief and just give myself the opportunity to explore mm -hmm. anyway long story short matched with this gal really great personality like really good connection good communication over texting haven't met up yet but then eventually actually just yesterday she like sent me a message just being like you know what I've got to honor something that's been coming up for me right now. And it's like, I need to kind of put a pause on dating and just ch like check back in with myself, which I like, I totally get it, you know? Yeah. But it, it's just kind of, um, just kind of interesting how like, I'm kind of wondering, am I forcing something that isn't aligned in my life right now? Right. Am I trying to be in a season of dating when I'm actually supposed to be in a season of like, double downing on my profession and it's just again it's like a question i don't have an answer to right now but that's something that's like really really present with me right now yeah well firstly i love that you're poking your head on dating apps i was when back in the day when i was single why I would, am i embarrassed about that actually I, but i would do the same thing i i would download hinge for a few days this episode is not sponsored by hinge but it is my favorite <laughs> <laughs> um, and um set up like four dates go on those dates 
and then delete it again for six months because I just had this weird thing of like, they don't know the full Meredith, like, and you can only share so much of yourself on a dating app and on dating apps. I think sometimes people can feel a little bit more like disposable, like it, in the sense of if people don't check everything on your box, they're like, this isn't the one versus, you know, when having that space of allowance of learning each other, of making mistakes, of seeing how you respond. And, um, all of that's to say is I, totally feel that. And I think the interesting thing, you saying that actually reminds me of when I met Spencer because I had just given up my alcoholic kombucha company and I felt very much in my masculine telling all my investors, shutting the company down, doing all this stuff. And I was like, I feel like I just need to go on a date. So I downloaded Hinge again, even though I felt like, should I be taking this time to recalibrate or refuel? Like kind of that mental trying to put it in the black or white um, answer of like what I should or shouldn't be doing. And I got on Hinge and I set a um I set up a date with Spencer. I was like, who is this tall, hot Canadian man? Um, and then I deleted the app again. So I once I had his phone number. So I was like, one date feels like enough, <laughs> deleting Hinge and for another six months. And um, and then when he told me, like, hey, I'd love a tour of Venice, um, I was like, Oh, are you new to LA? He's like, No, I'm just passing through. He was motorcycling from Vancouver. To Argentina. And part of me was like, why even bother going on this date with him? Like, he's not even going to be here for more than a week. Like, definitely not going to be the one. And then I realized that I was kind of putting pressure on each guy mm. to be the potential one. And so I actually said to myself, you know what? I'm going to go on this date because it'll be good for me because there's no expectation, not going to see this guy again. So I can practice non-attachment of just like learning someone's story and probably like they won't be the one maybe they'll be a friend maybe we'll keep in touch maybe it'll just be an interesting experience and it was through that total surrender of expectation that actually every step of the way I was allowed to recommit to getting to discover more and more about him with no promise of tomorrow and now we as you know live together and are planning our life together but it was actually the undoing of one of my hugest dating patterns, which was placing expectation or hope on the potential of the guy or the potential of what it could become. <sighs> I'm actually going to just pretend like we're not on a podcast for a second. And yeah. I'm just going to level with you that like, I really needed to hear that because that girl, when she told me the bumble girl, when she told me like, yeah. Hey, like, I felt this like drop in my stomach. I felt like this like sadness. I felt this like disappointment. And not being an expectation in dating is like super an important intention of mine. Mm -hmm. And I still notice where it comes up, even after like, even after these last two, like, and the thing that came through, I actually had to sit with it. I mean, I had a dinner with a friend and I had to sit with it for like a few hours actually before I responded because she was like, I, I, are you open to just like hanging out as buds? And I was like, I need to sit with that because yeah. the, there's a part of me of like, oh, if we're not in, if not, if we're not trying to make it serious, like what's the point? Like the binary thinking, right? I right. saw that and I was like, I don't want to be that person though. Like I want to be someone who's open and Sure, I was getting caught up in these stories of like, you know, I'm building this podcast and working all these things and doing my mission. I don't have time for anything that's like half-assed and stuff like that. But like hearing that was really 
solidifying because I actually messaged her back just saying, you know what, I'm actually open to that. Because And for me, I want to be somebody who's open. Mm-hmm. And I do want to be able to explore things without expectation, even though that's my habit. And so just being able to hear how that story, it's like I already knew that story, but hearing it in this moment right now is actually like making me really emotional. And like, I'm really grateful that you reshared that because there's a part of me that's just like wanting to give up right now for a little bit because I'm like really fucking tired. Yeah. I'm like really tired. I'm like, it was interesting like yesterday. Right before she had messaged, I actually saw, I had to interact with both women that was in situationships before the same day. Mm -hmm. One of them was like handling a conflict that's risen up between us. And the other one, it was just like I bumped into her at the yoga studio. And just like all of it together was actually kind of hard. Yeah. And like, I think each one isolated, I would have been okay. But like, it just... I like don't even have the lesson right now. It's yeah. just like, it hit me. I was like, why is the, the universe is definitely trying to tell me something. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. Yeah. But like, it's like really raw within me right now. And I don't know the answer and I don't know what it is. But just hearing like the openness of your story. And, you know, one of my favorite movies is life itself and it's like if you haven't seen it it's like one of those really like sad but triumphant movies and like oh my gosh i'm gonna watch it this weekend oh it's so good and like and like in the end like this mother who's like dying from cancer sorry spoiler alert but like this mother that's dying from cancer is like talking to her son and her son's been through a lot of shit and she's just like life has a way of bringing you down to your knees and when you think it can't get any worse it's going to bring you down even lower You've been through more ups and downs than you ever than you ever should have in your life. And you're gonna go through more. But it's about finding the strength to be willing to stand up again. Mm. And never never being afraid of love, because you'll always find it if you stand up again. That's and I'm so just beautiful. like really needing to remind myself of that right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, firstly, I wanna say I think you're so courageous for going through these situationships where I know you really are someone who puts your heart out on the line. And I think so many people go through life with closed hearts or like, I don't want to invest in this if I don't have a guaranteed outcome of success and to have gone through heartbreak earlier this year and then reopened your heart to someone else after. I just think it's so beautiful because one of my favorite quotes is a heart is most open when it breaks and I feel like each break expands our capacity to love and expands our capacity to remind ourselves that we are lovable and that we're not going to turn bitter or close off if something doesn't happen the way that we so deeply desire it to happen so firstly I just wanted to reflect that I think that it's really brave and courageous of you and I know that your future soulmate is so grateful you're going through this right now um that it's like cracking you open to just fully receive and give Mm -hmm. um and i it reminds me of um you know before i met spencer i went through a lot of painful toxic situationships with emotionally unavailable guys and it was this cycle where i would um choose a guy that was good on paper and 
um, you know, he would be really into me, then I would get really excited and give a lot, like almost to the point of like wanting to prove my worthiness or love to him. And then he would, of course, like get freaked out or not be ready or whatever. And then I would force an ultimatum because I needed that validation that he cares about me. And obviously forcing an ultimatum with someone who's not emotionally unavailable and like too soon is just a recipe for a disaster. (laughs) So it always ended explosively. And then I would be like, why me? Like, and I remember calling my mom crying after my 30th birthday, thinking, you know, my 15 year old self thinking I'd be like married with kids by 30 and being like, will I ever find somebody? And then I went to um, the Hoffman process and did a lot of work on like me needing to remind myself of my own lovability versus someone else remind me of it. And I had some powerful conversations with um, somebody where I had to ask them like, what is this? And they didn't respond the way I had hoped. And it, it was so painful in the moment, but then afterward it was like a freedom almost like a colonic where it's like so uncomfortable and then it's just like ah, um, uh, of just like being able to stand there in that moment and hear his truth after putting my truth out there and um it felt like that almost like broke that that cycle of like forcing the ultimatum instead of asking with curiosity and letting it be okay whatever his answer was and i feel like that kind of undoing of that cycle and then reminding and reaffirming myself of like my lovability by giving myself the affirmations that I so deeply wanted to give a partner um, helped kind of prepare me not only to receive Spencer, but to have conversations with him where he could have walked away and where I was so in the past would have been afraid of bringing things up because I didn't want to rock the boat. But by that point I had like really try to strengthen that self-love muscle that like when Spencer was continuing traveling on the road, he always thought he would be single during that time. But by that point, we had been dating for a month because he crashed his motorbike and was living in LA. And when he carried on the road, he was like, let's have a don't ask, don't tell policy, but I really like you. Like, I think there's really something special here. And at first I said yes to that, even though my intuition was saying like, that's not what I want at all. But there was a fear that if I ask for my needs or desires, he won't reciprocate uh, or he'll be find it overwhelming like past guys. But then I sat with it for two weeks and I'm like, no, I have to show inner Meredith that her love and her feeling of safety is my priority. So that's when I, all of those kind of like breaking of the cycles that happened before him led me to being like, I really like you and I'm invested in this. And don't ask, don't tell doesn't work for me. Um, so if you feel like freedom means being, having options, being able to hook up with other people, that's fine. I'm not here to change your definition of that. And I'm not here asking you to choose me. But I am here to say, if that's your truth, then I need to adjust my boundaries accordingly because ultimately I need to protect um, the sacredness of the love I know I can give someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a long-winded <laughs> response to your share. No, I appreciate it so much because it's, I think the if I were to sum up the way that you've influenced me the most in our relationship, just through you being who you are, would be these four words, stand in your truth. 
<laughs> it was like one, two, three, four. <laughs> I was like, is that four or five? <laughs> I did the count quick in my head. Yeah. You've just, I mean, and the thing I love about leadership and inspiration is that to me, in order to be, to be inspired by someone, they have to be embodying the things that they say. Mm -hmm. There's preaching and pontificating and there's energy and then there's like certainty, embodiment, identity. And I remember the first time that you told me that story and I was just like, I already felt empowered to stand in my truth just by being in the presence of yours. And I remember even like in certain situations, I'd be trying to think about exactly how you said something and trying to regurgitate it because I was like, oh, that was so, that was so good. And then I just like remembered, I was like, you know what? If I just stand in my truth, whatever the words that come from that will be exactly what they need to be. And I think we oftentimes get caught up. I know myself on like being very specific and precise on what's the lexicon I use and how do I articulate this message. Totally. And it's actually so much less about what you say and not even how you say it. It can even be messy, but like where within your being you say it from. Mm -hmm. And there's just this reminder of faith that I have that when I stand in my truth, whatever is meant to be in my life will be. Like that is a core of my belief system. It's a core of, in which uh, gives me strength when I'm trying to navigate the uncertain times, like what I'm doing right now romantically as well as yeah. professionally. Um, and right now I feel like I'm actually in this, you know, it's so funny, like many people look at coaches thinking that they have it all figured out. And yet I, you know, if you've listened to some of these episodes, you can see that I have a powerful, we have powerful coaching conversations here. And yet I am still, while I know my values and I know my vision, I know my mission, I am still looking for a sense of what is my center truth today right. in the next, the quote unquote right next step. And even though I don't believe there is a right or wrong next step, there's just like the humanness that comes out of like, what's my truth right now in this moment about dating? What's my truth right now in this moment about where I want to be investing my energy? Right. And and having the allowance of of it changing or there being different seasons and yeah. and having the permission and acceptance to be able to change your mind. And yeah, like you said with coaches, it's like we're all on the human experience journey and I think um I think it's something that I tell my clients but something that I need to remind myself weekly and daily mm -hmm. is that it's not about like us never making a mistake again or being perfectly healed it's about how we respond to ourselves and how we nurture ourselves after we make a mistake or after something painful happens cuz the pain there's a quote that I heard and I wish I could attribute correctly who said it but I don't remember but someone said it's not that the pain ever goes away. It's that we expand our ability to hold the pain. And so it's as coaches as well, it's funny because obviously we're looking at the bird's eye view of other people's life. And then it's like so important for us to have coaches and friends that give us the bird's eye view on reflecting back to us our highest self when sometimes we feel like lost in the chaos of our own life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's a crazy crazy journey out there i'm so grateful we have each other as lifesavers <laughs> i know me too you know what, what what this is bringing up as well too is like i know that when i'm in these periods of time of deep questioning and reflection it's it is a time for me 
to retreat inward. It is a time for me to reconnect with myself and get out of the busyness and get, and I already create a lot of space. I mean, I have a three hour morning routine. I like, you know, meditate, cold plunge, do my yoga in the morning, do my journaling, and then I get on a podcast with you, right? That's like my normal, but, but even creating even more space and, you know, I'm planning on sitting in ceremony soon. Um, I know that that's going to be something that's going to allow me to connect with myself. And I know that you went to like Esalen recently and went on a little like you excursion. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to just like hear about that. And, you know, you spent some alone time, you went on a solo trip. And I just think I want to hear that story. And I want to share that that story to be shared with the audience, because so many times I think people f- struggle giving themselves permission to make right. time for themselves. And I just would love to hear about what came up for you during that trip and how right. that was beneficial for you. Yeah, definitely. So it's funny that you you bring that up now because some of what you were saying of like, what is my truth today? One of my biggest takeaways from that trip was um, all questions are answered in the present. And as a, you know, overthinker, I, it was just a constant reminder, almost like coming back on an embodied perspective of my mind being like that little puppy (laughs) and gently being like, come back here. Like we're good right here and having answers there. But yeah, so I went on this solo trip because um, over winter break, I had um, an abortion and it just wasn't the right time. And, And it's something that I want in the future with Spencer, but intuitively I knew that it wasn't the right time for me to bring a child into this world and I wasn't prepared for the hormonal roller coaster uh, that comes out in the wake of that. And while we did a ceremony and processed it, um, you know, on an emotional level, I felt similar to you, very like raw and inward and sensitive to people's energies. Not to mention I worked through Christmas and into New Year's um, while feeling energetically depleted because I was preparing for this um, opportunity that I thought would be an amazing opportunity overseas that I would be gone for a month for. And when it didn't um, work out as I expected and I was only gone for a week, uh, I thought rather than going back to work, which I almost texted my clients, like, actually I can meet next week. I like stopped myself and um, was like, Usually when I go on trips, like the last few trips I had been on were with Spencer where I'm on the back of his motorcycle and we're traveling every day to a new city in South America. And while that was amazing, it's very like high energy and I haven't really done like a still vacation in a very long time. And that's what my soul was craving. So when I got back after that experience overseas and I had three weeks left in my schedule, I just had this feeling that I needed to go inward and I needed to go alone. Um, and while I love traveling with Spencer, I was like, I need to kind of just be alone with my own thoughts, which I think is actually quite uh, healthy for couples to have too, is that alone time where you come back to your truth and then you get to share that new discovery with your partner. Um, and so I went on a solo road trip from SF to Carmel and did it like an outdoor spa in Carmel, went hiking. Then I stayed at a monastery for two days in um, Big Sur. It was New Kimmel, the monastery, and you observe silence there. And so I was just walking around the 
monastery in silence all day, going to some of the vigils and lauds. The one time you can speak is to schedule a spiritual advising session with a monk. Um, so I was like, that sounds amazing. I would love to hear the monk's wisdom of, <laughs> of what's going on in my life right now. And it was a great reminder. Um, he told me, because we think of, you know, sometimes like monks having a lot of, like they're just spending all day meditating. And we talked about triggers and he's like, even being here with all the brothers, like there's so many triggers and things that come up for me that I'm, I'm like, great, this is more opportunities to keep pulling back layers, to keep working on things. And it's like, of course I knew that. And I knew that for myself intellectually, but it was just like, wow, like at this pristine monastery in Big Sur, he's still like, you know, how can I grow from this? What can this teach me in his like seventies or eighties? And so it was a really beautiful conversation. And then I went from there to Esalen, which um, I know you know what Esalen is, but for those listening, it's like a beautiful retreat center that has been at the forefront of human development um, and psychedelic, um, you know, development of human and psychedelic things. Blah. Um, but yeah, like Alan Watts has spoken there, Jack Kerouac, uh, Deepak Chopra, and they have a lot of amazing thought leaders come and give workshops. They have amazing mineral baths at, where it's clothing optional. So you're just naked in your humanness in these mineral baths overlooking the sea. And that was a really beautiful kind of capstone to the experience because it's something that I said I wanted to do for five years but never made the time for. And when that thing didn't work out earlier in the month, I just had the word Esalen come to me. So I planned this whole trip around that. I spent most of my days like meditating in the mineral baths, watching the waves come in and um, getting to talk it with the other people who were there for whatever reason or catalyst brought them there because it's communal dining, like a college cafeteria. So yeah, it was really beautiful. And one of the big takeaways was all questions are answered in the present and to not fear or have anxiety around like many of the still unknowns in my life of where this next chapter is going to take me. But to kind of check in of what is, what is this making me feel in this present moment and let that guide the next step and the step after that. And actually the book, the last thing I'll say, um, the book that I got from the bookstore at Esalen was The Wisdom of Insecurity mm. by Alan Watts. Mm. And it's all about how actually we feel insecure when we can't predict the future. We don't know what's happening because we're creatures of habit. It's like, but actually the wisdom in that is when we're able to, to be fully in the present uh, each moment, um, you know, if you have a thought about fear, you're re-triggered from the past. It's like, then you're not really in the present, but if we're fully in the present, we're fully in our instinct. And it's having that deep self-trust that that allows us to fully unwind in the present, knowing that we will intuitively be guided into the next step. Mm-hmm. So it's something that it's like we all kind of know and talk about in the mindfulness world and the coaching world, but sometimes it just like really hits you in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt like I was like covering, uncovering a deeper layer of that embodiment mm-hmm. in my journey. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded of, uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the author's book right now, but she wrote a book on self-sabotage. And I quoted this actually in, I think, one of my first or second episodes. And it's that it's this new understanding for me that intuition is not psychic, mm-hmm. meaning it's it's not an oracle. It, your intuition does not actually have the ability to predict the future. Right. But a lot of times, you know, as someone who is constantly checking in with intuition on a daily basis in my morning meditation, 
I sometimes would get in the practice of like, oh, intuition, what are you thinking is going to happen with this? Mm -hmm. And anytime I like come up with a story, that's actually a projection of the mind and the ego. And the reason for that is because biologically in our gastrointestinal lining, there is a layer that is where we store information and essentially data from our life experiences that programs our instinct and therefore intuition. And as you know, the third chakra center, the Manipura is the center of our intuition, right? Right. And it's it's that energy center that only has the ability to respond in the present moment because it's 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 reacting to things from a survival mechanism as well, instinctual, right? Right. And so it doesn't have the ability to predict. It only has the ability to respond in the present moment. Yeah. And that's kind of what came up for me when you were talking about um, the questions are answered in the present moment. Right. Right. It's just like, because the questions are answered from our intuition. Yeah. And so it's just like, what is my step right now? Right. That we can really only have the true connection between our innate intelligence and our inner wisdom to the present moment. And just interestingly enough, like what blocks that, right? It's the restlessness, the restlessness questioning of like, what's going to happen then? Or what could have I done better back then? Right. Right. And it's just like, and like you said, that takes us out of the present moment. And I'm kidding myself in that right now too, is like new potential opportunities are coming up and, you know, wondering as well too, like where, what's going to happen on the other side of this podcast? What's going to happen you know, in the next level of my, of my coaching business. Um, I know what the options are and maybe I don't have all the options yet, but interestingly enough, my intuition isn't really activated by any of those right now. Yeah. Um, although some new ideas have been coming up just in the few weeks that this podcast has been launched and having guests on and also receiving feedback from the community. So like shout out to all the all the fans out there, anyone listening. Like and review. <laughs> yeah, like, like, review, subscribe, share. <laughs> but yeah. no, it's been really great to like just hear people come out of the woodwork. Like really, like sometimes even in tears, just being like, I really needed to hear this right now. And it's showing me where there's need for almost like death doulas and grief counseling. It's showing me where there's opportunity for like heartbreak counseling. It's showing me opportunity mm. where there's like opportunity for like money mindset work. Right. Especially in our coaching community, because totally. there can be such an edge to 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 charging what you're worth and your value, because people are literally paying for your presence mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's something that's, um, you know, especially with like creativity. I feel like we actually do need to almost go through a death and rebirth because you need to create so much space to just be an empty vessel yeah. to receive messages. I once read this book uh, by Osho um, on creativity. And it was the idea that we're just clear channels. And once we like output the creativity, it's like released to the world with no validation tied to us. Like is the purest form of like, whether it does well or not, we were just the conduit for it to pass through. And when we try to attach our self-worth, whether it goes poorly or well uh, onto it is when we kind of constrict it and kill it and actually like distort like the pure creativity that wants to come through. Like I knew a lot of musicians and their best work came from when they just like put it out for the love of it. And then maybe they got a little success. They tried to then, uh, create something for what they thought people wanted to hear and it just didn't feel the same it didn't have the same magnetism and so I love that you have kind of given yourself this deep space for creativity to come through because I think when we 
try to like plan so much the next step or how we hope it leads us to the next step, it uh, distorts it. And I think you've done just a really beautiful job of like clearing space to fully allow, um, which is kind of the continued pruning that I'm trying to do in all these different areas of my life to leave more space for that allowance because that's when like the downloads Mm -hmm. have full like access to come through incoming codes incoming codes downloads as we say in venice (laughs) my friend in sf once i was like yeah had a great drop in with them we had a few good downloads she's like what does that even mean she's like what it what constitutes a drop in versus a catch up like a drop in's where you like go deeper (laughs) i love laughing at our language it's so ridiculous and yet i use it every day um you know when you were talking about creativity one of my favorite uh shows is chef's table on netflix i i love food i have a relationship with food and i love the story behind not just the food but like the creator of it Mm -hmm. and my favorite episode is of this korean monk who lives in korea and and it's a woman and she is this world-renowned chef yet she has no restaurant and she just cooks what's called temple food and it's and 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 this uh, this French chef is reviewing her and talking about her and it's like you know it's what's so beautiful about her is that her cooking is absolutely pure. There's no ego in it because mm. there's no restaurant. There's no trying to become someone popular. There's no trying to sell anything. She's just cooking for herself and her monks. Right. And at the very end, she they're interviewing her and she says, "Ego and creativity cannot exist." Mm-hmm. And together, and and I and I love that so much. And I'm thinking in this moment as well, too, about how we're just instruments of creativity, but we're not necessarily the creator. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I was, uh, so I'm going to be sitting in ceremony with ayahuasca in a couple of weeks. And I was sitting with my spiritual counsel and um, who I deeply respect. And, and he gave me an insight about how he approaches this, the experience. And I asked him, how do you hold the space? And he says, well, I actually don't hold the space. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, spirit holds the space. And I was like, can you say more on that? And he was like, spirit, there, you know, there, there are a lot of people that approach these ceremonies and they're like, I'm the one holding the space. But re- in reality, it's grandmother that's mm-hmm. holding the space. It's spirit that's holding the space. And he views himself as an instrument where spirit is channeling through him. That's beautiful. But he's not the space holder. And when he's a space holder, it's energy draining. And the only thing that actually has the capacity to hold that degree of extreme transformation is spirit. And he's the conduit and the instrument to that. And he has to be the one that's most connected with spirit in the entire room because he has to be that that vessel in a way. Right. And you have to lose yourself in that sense of like... You have to lose yourself. You have to lose ego. You have to, you have to really be that clear, clairvoyant channel and i think that for the creative process i really resonate with that because i notice that when i'm in flow there's almost this like on the other side like whoa what the hell just happened you know someone call it flow state right but it's like being able to create this experience honestly with like a creative partnership with the divine yeah and i mean this is getting very spiritual but this is truly my belief system and my practice is like continuing to get myself aligned so i can be a vessel Mm-hmm. And not even the creator. I I am the instrument. I am the paintbrush, and but but it's 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 the connection with spirit that's guiding me to create this podcast. Like spirit said, it's time. 
Right. And that, that was when I, my body responded. Like, it's not saying time to any of the other ideas I have right now. I remember when it said, it's time to go all in on your coaching practice. And it was like, there wasn't even like a choice that I made. Like the choice had already been made. Right. And there's something very profound in that, that I'm starting to tap into more. And even with these podcast episodes, I never, I, I remember when I first started the first couple, I was like planning them and I was like yeah. scripting them out and I was writing each word that I wanted to say and I wasn't present at all. And I kept getting this advice from people, just like, let the agenda go, let the script go, just mm -hmm. show up and go with the flow, go with the flow. And that's as I've, I mean, I'm really happy with where even this episode's going. And it's just like I was telling you before, like we're just gonna show up and we're just gonna respond to what shows up and let it come through us, no plan no agenda, no direction, and just reckless abandonment almost. Right. I love that. I love that so much. Um, it it actually brings up for me, like my childhood dream was to be a famous singer-songwriter. Um, and I have my guitar and I've released some songs on Spotify. Obviously, I'm a coach and community builder. Um, is there still a part of me that's like maybe one day I'll play it? Hollywood Bowl, you know, <laughs> John Mayer comes into Erewhon. He's like, sing me a song. And I'm like, okay. Um, but anyways, and I recorded a song last year, Calling in You, which it, I actually, speaking of Erewhon, wrote about running in advanced joy at Erewhon. <laughs> but it's really about like, and I, because Vance Joy has always been like my ultimate like crush. And I always love his songs. And I wrote that song under the stars in Joshua tree about what you seek, like wanting so badly for it to seek you as well. Like being in one of the lyrics is if you only knew how good life could be, mm. you'll see you and me like wanting to shake someone and be like, I like, this could be so amazing if you just dive in with me here. And then, um, <laughs> and then, but then one of the other lyrics in it is like, now I know to trust in the slow unfolding of it. And that song has been a slow unfolding because while I initially wrote it about that encounter with Vance Joy, then I kind of became the thing that I wanted to call in. Mm. And then I called in Spencer. And when I sing it now, I really think of all the synchronicities that led to our partnership. And then I recorded that song last year thinking I was going to have this huge release for it. I was going to film a music video and like make it into a whole thing. And I was meditating this week, uh, having cleared out the space with my solo trip. And I'm like, why don't I release it on my birthday next week? I'll make some cover art. I don't have to have a music video, but I need to just put it out there and be less precious about, I realized because that song was so special to me, I started putting expectation on where I hoped it would go. Um, and so that was my kind of like reminder to self of like create and release, create and release, create and release. And so as such, not having this huge music video that I've filmed professionally or anything like that, to use a photo that I've already taken of myself and create like the cover art and just release it into the world and hopefully other people resonate with it, but it's out there and I'm not having it in the back of my head, building up like this hope and then getting mad at myself because I haven't put it out there yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you share that, it just reminded me of that story for my song. Mm. You know, being raised through my awakening in the Tony Robbins world, we're, we're, we're taught so much to have a visual of the future and ingrain an absolute certainty that that vision will come true. Mm -hmm. 
and the and and while I, I I get how that practice works and I've used it and it has worked, um, there are times where it doesn't. There are times where I'm certain that this is my person, or I'm certain that this business endeavor is going to go a certain way, and it doesn't. And that disruption this year has taught me an interesting harmony of being able to believe in something with certainty, but then also being willing at the same time, paradoxically, to completely let go of an outcome. Mm. And and I think about this podcast is like leading up to the launch, I put like everything, I put my bones into this podcast. I put my heart, I put my soul, I barricaded myself, and I just like really, really, really focused on it in the last three months. Um, Started it when I was in depression. And by the time it came out, I think I had experienced so much disappointment recently that I was just like, fuck it. Like whatever happens, happens. I could wrap this up in six months. No one might like it. My voice is probably really sketchy right now. Like, and I started getting a little into that world of like Mm self-limitation, but it was really interesting because I kind of just let it all go. And then all of a sudden the comments started coming in. The reviews started coming in. People started messaging me in tears. And there's just something to the creative process about putting everything you've got into it and then having the grace to let it go Mm. and allowing it to unfold in the way that it's meant to unfold without all this pressure and force that comes from holding on to certainty of what it's going to look like in the future and allowing it to unfold in what's actually meant to be. I, I love that because it's a circle back to what we were talking about with dating <laughs> yeah. and and that and it's the, the hardest thing and the most liberating thing. Yeah. It's like free falling mm-hmm. of of complete trust, like jumping out of an airplane and then trusting the parachute's going to open. Um, and it's terrifying and exhilarating. But one of my favorite reminders is that trust only exists in times of uncertainty. Um, and in that it's kind of reminding ourselves that higher power, God, source, your highest self, whatever you choose to believe in, that you're co-creating this experience with something larger than yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's trusting that when you when you show up and follow the breadcrumbs of your intuition or gluten-free breadcrumbs every step of the way, um, you know, the path will reveal itself. And it's like one woman who I went to Hoffman with described it as t- taking a step off a cliff and then right then a stone comes up to meet that foot. And then you take the next step into the air and a stone comes up to meet that foot. And, and it's the deepest lesson of, of surrender and one that I continue to return to for myself of how can I show up with so much self-trust that I don't need to force a black or white answer of certainty that I can be like, I've got me so I can exist in this gray area. And I'm no, I know I'm safe to exist in this gray area. Um, and that that's like the the most profound part of of the journey mm. of just like letting it unfold mm. you know that's really it's really beautiful um before we wrap i'm just i'm just as curious as friends like what are you focusing on right now like what is there a clarity on what's next or what are you creating in the world i'm just i'm genuinely just curious wow um so similar to you I feel like I'm hitting that inflection point of like knowing like the next thing is ready to be birthed. So something that I had been always talking about wanting to do but haven't been doing it is creating evergreen courses for my coaching. So 
people could access them who might not be able to do the live or it's just a different price point, um, like updating my website so there can be like more people accessing my course, The Upgrade, and I was going to do a mini course, The Upgrade Love, um, kind of what I talked about, the process I went through to attract Spencer, how people can do that to attract their partner, recording more meditations and breath works. So that's definitely like my professional next step is creating more of an evergreen where I can um, record and put out the things that I've been deeply like learning or passionate about sharing and not necessarily needing to share them with every person in real time and free that freeing up more space to get some of these other creative things expressed that I love, like putting out my song, Calling in You. There's a few other songs I haven't recorded that I want to record. I'm taking guitar lessons and stand-up lessons again, mm. um, just to kind of tap into that fearless creator. And that's why I love doing like stand-up or last season I did improv classes because it reminds me to be in that unpredictability and to lose myself and like the joy and the excitement, the exhilaration that comes from being in that space. Mm. So yeah, doing all of these like recorded things and then kind of creating some space for a little bit of this play. Mm, that's wonderful. Well, I'm I'm I, Evergreen Programs is definitely something that I find myself thinking about. So maybe we can tag team and, and help each other out in that process because yeah. yeah, I'm 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 the big impetus for me in creating this podcast was, you know, the reality of it is just not everybody can afford five-figure coaching and mm -hmm. that's where my one-on-one -on -one VIP practice is at right now. And um and there's actually been some, there's been inspiration of like, what is it that I could do to get my voice to people and make it more accessible? Mm -hmm. How could I create uh, something that works while I sleep, but also serves the masses? Mm -hmm. You know, it started with this podcast and I really feel like evergreen programs are something that I'm going to be exploring too. So I'm looking forward to like maybe taking that next step with you as well in my own yeah. in my own way and we can support each other. Accountability buddies. There it is. Yes, I love it. Well, um, we're gonna put all your bio info in the in the notes. So if people want to connect with you or just stay tuned about what programs you're coming out with, they can yeah. do that. And um yeah, I'm just really grateful that you were here today, Meredith. Thanks. Oh, thanks, George. I know I'm so glad that we didn't catch up sooner than this after my solo trip it allowed it to all just come out today organically exactly as it was meant to yeah this is the first like couch catch-up conversation episode and i'm loving i absolutely loved where it went so you know, i'm like look at us being so present <laughs> just like alan watts was saying <laughs> i love it Thanks, thank you so much thank you thanks again for tuning into this episode of the think out loud podcast if you liked it, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review it, and potentially share it with a friend. And if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram at shapeshift underscore coach, or just search my name. And you can also find me on my website at www.shapeshiftcoach.com. Look forward to seeing you here again soon.